Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now but he's by far the hammer and the twosome so it's funny that's how i am with you in the bedroom i'm the hammer (laughs) (laughs) welcome to super movie brothers Let's start the show. The hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this is episode 224. Me and Jay each have a review to do. Jay, what are you going to be reviewing for everybody? I will be doing David Ayer's The Tax Collector. And we will find out how that is and whether we still are calling for an air cut of Suicide Squad after <laughs> Jay talks about the tax collector. And then I will be doing a review for Train to Busan Presents Peninsula, a movie that I've been waiting for for four years. I've just been waiting on bated breath. I and if Dave thinks there should be it. a third, you know, I mean, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But let's get started right off the bat, Jay. We're not going to do our normal, what are you watching? Because there's just too much to do. Let's get started, man. Let's get started with you. Tax collector. You heard of me? What have you heard? I heard you the devil. I might be. Ah, come on, fool. Good, eh? Every gang in L.A. has to pay their taxes. What's up, Holmes? Wake up. If you stack short, go rob a bank. Rob your own mother. There's no excuses. Do not test that. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa. You guys look like a couple of monsters. Who in the hell, man? Yeah, but I'm at peace with that. Son las doce de la madrugada, mirándome en el espejo. Uh, well, this follows a couple of friends who are essentially tax collectors for the mob. Now, the one guy is not just any guy. He is the son of one of the main drug lords in L.A., and his father is in jail for a long time, but obviously still has quite a hand in the ins and outs of how things are working on the streets along is with his, his is uncle. Is his father Ben Mendelsohn? Um, and, well, and this is he, how we got that confused a couple of episodes ago. Nah, he's kind of like a nobody, <laughs> but his uncle, his brother, played by George Lopez, you know, obviously playing uh, some kind of, you know, you know, a, a cover, uh, like a, uh, was it like a tire shop or something like that or, or a car mechanic type of shop and they're mainly running the business through that enterprise. Well, it's already doing something positive by getting by getting George Lopez instead yeah, of Carlos Mencia. So, it was good to see yeah. him try and play yeah. hard. <laughs> it's, it's better to, it's better than Carlos Mencia. So good yeah. so good for them. So <laughs> it, for it them. certainly follows Bobby Soto. Now Bobby Soto, I haven't seen him in anything before. Um, he has not done too many things beforehand either. He's uh, nothing a, a real type of grand levity. I mean, he's done some stuff before, but a lot of short films, a lot of just random little movies you never would have heard of. But he's he's pretty solid. He's okay in this movie. And obviously, Shia LaBeouf is the main star in this film, and he plays his best man and also kind of like his um, loose cannon polished but like he's on definitely on edge he's obviously been into a shitload of fights killed a ton of people but he's by far 
the, the hammer and the twosome. So they go around collecting money, kind of just see this day in, day out, day in the life type of it's thing. It's funny. That's how I am with you the in the movie. bedroom. I'm the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this. Do it. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and, and I'm telling you, man, this just falls right into the tropes of a new guy who wants to just come and take over the territory comes you know guns a blazing and it starts to just you know get personal so it sounds like it falls to the tropes of every david ayer movie that's exactly. come out in the past it, couple it, years. it gets i don't want to spoil it so much but like you know family things coming to you know coming to play and people getting kidnapped and people getting killed and you know some surprising deaths from time to time and you know it all comes to a blow towards the end now with that said, this movie is getting crucified <laughs> across the board, I think. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. From Rotten Tomatoes to pretty much on Twitter. I mean, this is a written and directed by David Ayer film. Back to the streets in L.A. where every I know me personally, I was excited for. I thought he was going to go back to his roots and, you know, this could have been really cool. Like Shia LaBeouf had a real whole chest tattoo done for this role and i i'm being serious i don't even think i saw it <laughs> I was like, I, and, and of course he did because that's the type I of know. guy Shia i'm like is. what the fuck like he's wearing a suit the whole time but so but with that said it's not a good movie however it's not that bad of a movie i would i i was having a lot more fun watching this movie than i did watching project power so, okay. you know, very different kind of movies, obviously, but for me, I still had a little bit more enjoyment watching this movie, even though it is not a good film at all. And it is a surprisingly empty movie and, and, and by the book in a lot of ways in a stereotypical kind of cliche way that, you know, it was kind of a little surprising from after Suicide Squad by David Ayer. And I'm going to give it a C minus. All right, man. So, I mean, it, so compared to something like, like Bright. Like, mm. like where, like, you know, me and you were still a very different film, um, right? Very different, but like me and you bright, were pretty middled on Bright. So. I think Bright is a better movie. Okay, this one's more enjoyable to watch. If that makes sense, you know, it's just more fun and just kind of it goes by quicker. It's a little bit more flashier. It's just easy to digest. But there's much more quality content within Bright. You know, there's a lot more. Substance there, you know. There's a lot more things to chew on, a lot more uh, thoughts and ideas, and and possibilities, and things in the background, and in in every shot, you know. There's a lot of, a lot of more different kind of elements going on in Bright than there is right. with Tax Collector. I mean, would would like how was the relationship between these two characters? Oh, fantastic! You know, between- they were fantastic. Okay. They, the chemistry I mean- was fantastic with them. It, you really bought it. You know, like people people initially had some flag because Shiloh was playing. People thought that he was playing a uh, like a Mexican or a Puerto Rican guy or somebody like of you know who was non-white and, of Hispanic descent right yeah I gotcha. and, and but really when you think about it how many people have you known like you know who are, just grew up in that area and that's just their personality like they just grew up in the streets in LA they grew up having um, mostly Hispanic friends you know and just because he's a white boy in a block doesn't mean you know he's not he's not trying to be any you know person of a different kind of nationality it's just who he is and all right it's just is what it is he's he, he does a great job it's just um it's not as big of a role as maybe you would maybe might think but it's it's just fine you know it's all fine we said meh m-e-h meh c minus all right man tax collector uh that's on video on demand and in theaters as well i believe possibly in some theaters but i think it's mainly okay. just on demand yeah and it's safe to say you're telling everyone save your save your money yeah i would definitely wait for it to be streaming somewhere on free on one of the the platforms definitely don't go out of the way and 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 spend the six or seven bucks that i spent on on for this movie it's not worth it so that brings us to my review for train to busan presents peninsula you get the truck come back with the money that's 2.5 million dollars per head if you come back alive
So originally, I thought that this was going to be coming out on video on demand and theaters at the same time. I actually read two separate articles last week that said that it didn't. Uh, it didn't come out uh, on video on demand. It is coming out video on demand on October 27th. So uh, it's a good three months away, but before you can check it out at home. So I had to go to the theaters to check this one out. And let me tell you, it's all lies. They're they're not social distancing like they're supposed to. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. I had a dude sitting like right behind me um, who kept taking his mask off like like the whole time. Uh, and so I was just like, like, and he's close enough because I was in a regal theater. He was close enough that I could feel the breath on the back of my neck and i was like cool i'm gonna test positive (laughs) but uh anyway train to busan presents peninsula the long-awaited sequel to train to busan has finally arrived four years ago horror and film fans fell in love with train to busan for its fresh take on a familiar topic mixed with tones of class struggle and family relationships and loss it was intense bold fresh and nuanced so I was a bit surprised to find out that Peninsula had almost none of that, despite being from the same director. So this is going to be me eating a little bit of crow Mm. because I put this director on my list last week. Yes, you did. uh, For... For, for directors to watch. Also, I think it was one of your most anticipated films of this year as well. This was one of my <laughs> most anticipated films yeah. of the year. But, it, you know, it turns out that, I mean, I, I don't want to call him out too much, but Sang Ho Yen, I mean, he, he's kind of failed me a little bit here. But let's get into to the rest of it. Before I go hanging the guy up by his big toes and uh, beating him with a stick like a pinata. So Peninsula follows Jung, a former South Korean soldier who's forced to live with his own failures to save his sister and nephew from the gnashing jaws of zombies. Four years pass and Jung is back in action when a criminal underboss hires Jung and three others to return to the zombie-infested Peninsula to retrieve a truckload of money within 48 hours but of course things go awry when Jung and his team find out that they are not alone in the apocalyptic wasteland. The survivors of the South Korean military unit 631 also inhabit the peninsula and they want both the money and a way off of the peninsula and Jung has the key to both. So uh, that's that. That's another like interesting hmm. thing about it. Like it's it, 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 four years have passed since the original one came out. It's now four years later. So you're kind of getting to see you know, the destruction of 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 the so world a lot more without ru- ru- people yeah a lot more uh ruins and in, in the scenery and it's right you know and also there's there's no light there's no street light yeah. there's no you know there's very dark. so much of of the original train to busan happened in the light and i think that's one of the things that made you you know kind of afraid of it mm-hmm. a little bit you know it, 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 nothing was cloaked in darkness you saw all of it and it looked and it was very shocking. good the effects were really good the makeup was really good absolutely here it's a little bit more muddier because it, it's it's just darker so it, it, it is sometimes a little bit harder to know what's going on it is uh you know so I mean, there was only one instance where like someone was running up and i was like zombie zombie yeah okay yeah yeah that's a zombie <laughs> you know what i mean um and, and and not just a crazed individual running up but it, th- that was one of the things that set it apart but peninsula is full of fast-paced action and at times that action involves zombies but mostly it doesn't this time around the zombies are not imposing or a force to be feared jung and members of unit 631 will dispatch zombies as easily as superman bounces bullets off his body this time around the zombies are kind of just a part of the setting instead you know we're regulated to brief flashes of the creatures that were so terrifying in the original they really only show up as an obstacle for the two opposing forces to use against one another kind of in the same way that the coyote sets up a trap and then Roadrunner reverses on oh, yeah. and drops a rock on his head. It, it's it's very much like that. There's even like a part where like, you know, they're driving and they're firing they're they're firing fireworks and stuff like that and fireworks attract zombies and if you're a zombie fan of zombie films, there's another film in the zombie in, in zombie film Pathion that kind of implores like a similar trick. There are other things uh, this movie lacks as well. While the action in the original was fast paced and left you feeling unnerved, this time around, much of the fast paced action involved the same level of gunplay that we are used to seeing in modern action movies like John Wick. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but here it feels out of place. Much of the action just feels generic, particularly the car chase which takes up a good portion of the movie's final act a car chase wow and a zombie movie huh. and occasionally the zombies get to play the role of obstacle during that that car chase so oh yeah. boy 
Also lacking is the emotional punch that the first movie made you feel. The original brought me to tears in the final act. The emotional payoff here feels tacked on and like a parody of the original film's final moments. I might have cared if they gave me a better reason throughout the movie's runtime for Jung and and his emotional situation at, at the end and his big emotional turn. But instead, it seemed like the filmmakers decided to just add a little bit of slow-mo, add some sappy music, give us a moment to root for one of our heroes, and that's the film's recipe for an emotional finale. It kind of felt as manufactured as a Hallmark card. You know, when you get a card from somebody and you read the words and you kind of feel the words, but it's just words. Right. You know, right. it has no resonance as much as it would have if that person had said those words to you. There's no true emotion behind a Hallmark card that someone purchased at CVS for $7.99 a piece. You know, it's just it's it's manufactured emotion. It's not it's not honest. It doesn't feel real and it doesn't feel earned in the same way that it felt in the original Train to Busan. All of this, and it's still not a bad movie, though. If this was the first of its kind, I might even say that this was a pretty darn good movie. But since the original preceded this sequel, as you know, tends to happen with sequels, the original has to come first in, in most cases. <laughs> uh, this movie pales in comparison to its original. It's a shell of what it could have been. It's a fine action movie. There are some great action moments and even a few scares. You do root for your main character, but you really don't care about his emotional journey at all. Big fans of the original will still want to see this because they're fans and that's what we as fans do. But I, I, I urge you not to waste your money on it. Don't don't even wait until it comes to video on demand on October 27th and and pay what, what's probably going to be $19.99 to watch it. Train to Busan Presents Peninsula will come to streaming services in the same exact way that Train to Busan 1 did. If you if you could hang out for another six to six months to a year, you'll be fine. It this will be a great way to spend a Saturday night as long as you're not dropping any coin on it. Train to Busan Presents Peninsula is less like George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead and more like Romero's Land of the Dead. So I'm giving it a C minus. Oh boy, two C minuses for our reviews. Huh? I know. I know. But that's that's what I felt when I was watching it, you know? Oh, like sure. I'm a big Ro- I'm a big Romero fan. So like I love Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. God, those movies are so good. And I remember like being so excited when Land of the Dead was coming out. Me and my good buddy Kenny were just like it's another Romero zombie movie. Like we were like little girls. Like I I have a little girl like Logan. The way her and and her little cousin communicate, they're both girls is through screams like that's how me and, and Kenny were like when we found out about Land of the Dead like we, we went there we dropped our coin we got our popcorn we were just like you know, two kids in high school just fucking eager to watch some awesome zombie movie sure. and Land of the Dead comes on and by the time it was over we were like uh, okay you know it was alright all the themes that were present in the other Romero films are there but it's not as nuanced it's not as well done hmm. and that's the way i felt here it's like all the stuff is there technically if you look at it it, it it tried to put in all those elements that made the original one great it just failed to deliver it just failed to do it in any type of meaningful way it all just felt like it was manufactured like it was tacked on like they were doing it because they had to tick a box to do it here's this here's this character's emotional journey all right here's the emotional payoff here's the obligatory slow motion scene with sappy music and you know Hope it, and, hope it gets and how the, was the makeup you know, and everything? Like, the were the zombies like were they, it's dark. Were they similar? It's dark. All right, all right. It's dark. Yeah. I mean, they they move in a similar okay. way, you know. But but also like because of the fact that they're like firing road flares and fireworks and stuff and distracting them and stuff. There's there's now ways around them, you know. There, there's there there's so much more of just like an obstacle. It's you know the. It, It'd be different if they leaned into like the true horror in a pandemic is humanity, which is probably something we can all really relate to these days. But this movie's been in production probably long before the pandemic hit. So <laughs> if it came out afterwards, you know, then we could see just just go look up any Karen flipping out over wearing a mask on YouTube and you'll see that the, that the true enemy in any pandemic is humanity. <laughs> true. Always true. But like it doesn't deliver on that point either because they're just generic bad guys being bad because because that's the way the script wrote them to be bad. I get no no nuance from them at all. So at least like if you gave me like a, a truly good villain for them to go up against, if you're not going to give me zombies as the villain, then make that villain something worthwhile. Instead, there's maybe like two or three villains that they're going up against. And but you know, really, time 
time is the real villain here because they only have 48 hours to 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 get back to the dock and call their ship back to bring the money back in and it's just like ah it's fine it's fine it's fine. I feel like, I feel like we're saying that a lot lately with some movies, you <laughs> it's know? It's fine. like, ah, it's just... It's I, right. But that's also a symptom of kind of like uh, uh, of movies. I mean, I think we had like a, a great period of I movies know, a I, couple years ago. And, well, especially and, late and ex- last year, you know, the know. whole tale of fall into into uh, you know uh, into winter was really, really fantastic. I mean, he- here's, here's what it is. It's, you know, for, for for a lot of us who do like podcasts and nerd culture and stuff like that, we talk about this stuff like Endgame. Endgame was like our was it was our thing. It was it was the hot girl that you chased all throughout high school, and then on graduation night at, at a party, you finally got to do her, and you you blew your load, and you both just went in separate ways, and you really don't ever need to go back to it again. <laughs> and that's the way like we all are. We've already had like the best that we can that 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 we've had in a long time. So. As, as far as like as as far as like you know these these big temple blockbusters go, so there's not a whole lot else uh, else out there. I mean, I don't know if that's the truth, but well, I mean, I, if you're it, talking it about just, superheroes type stuff, then yeah, yeah, I'm talking about superheroes. Yeah. And then stuff, and, yeah. and, and, but, I, and I think we all knew that, and I think at the same time, I think we all wanted a break. I know yeah, I did. I mean, and it, I know you did too. We talked. We did about too. That. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it on the show. But I mean, it look, it, it ebbs and it flows, and you know, it, it this is this is the time where like Hollywood, you know, they they found out what the audience wanted, what what a general audience wanted several years ago, and they were firing on all cylinders and they were hitting it. But because of social changes and stuff like that, that they've fallen off the mark a little bit, and it's just going to take them a little bit of time to to grind their gears and and come back and and really hit us with the type of stuff that we. We want it's out there uh, and, and, and i know that that it, it that, that you know we'll get great movies again it just it just feels like uh you know maybe it's a bit of my attitude maybe it's a bit of like what i've been going through maybe it's a bit of what everyone's been going through everyone is extremely stressed out and stuff like that so when when something doesn't quite hit us the way we wanted it to we probably react in in a far more negative way than we might have two or three years ago perhaps and and i think in some ways that is true and i think um you know, especially with your review in particular, you had that film, the original film, at a high standard, and you loved it. It's and, still at a high standard. Well, of course, yeah. and it is, and 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 that's the thing. So you're coming into the second with high hopes, and you know, you really just ha- you can't help that, Dave. I mean, it's not, it's one of those kind of things where, like, obviously, you want to go into it with an open mind and clean right. slate. I also, blah, 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 I should also mention but, that I did a double feature where we saw Train to Busan and then immediately Train to Busan Two. You know, started, so it was a bit of a of, of a long sit, and it may have attributed to just some of my negative aspects because now I'm sitting there and I literally get to see in stark contrast the two movies, right? Like one after another, where as maybe if I hadn't watched Train to Busan in a couple years or a couple months and now I watch this one, I might have been a little bit more positive on it. But right. my, my, my grade still stands. I still feel the same way. It's it, it all just feels like manufactured moments to try and make it as much like the original one as possible and it just fails on all levels. So, Gotcha. All right. That's it, man. That's going to do it for me and Jay's reviews this week. Our first trailer park in quite some time as me and Jay are going to be breaking down the Batman teaser trailer. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but there's a new wave. We've been on since choice. God saved the right style. I don't want to flow until I know it at the bass drop. Welcome back to Trailer Park. Jay's been asking me to do a Trailer Park for such a long time. He's been throwing me trailers for movies that I know most <laughs> of us really aren't going to care about. So I, I've balked on doing it, refused to do it, didn't want to do it. And then DC fandom happened. We got the Batman teaser. This film is only 25% filmed, but still. They were managed to put together this teaser trailer, which is less of a teaser trailer and more of just like a full on fucking trailer. I'm super impressed. Well over two minutes, Uh, but it perfectly uh, evokes what what Reeves is planning for the Batman, what the story is going to be like, the the tone of it. Um, I I get a good feel of who this Batman is. I get a good feel of his early relationship that's that's just being built with Jim Gordon. There's a lot to dissect in this trailer, and me and Jay are going to get through it. You ready, buddy? Absolutely. 
your secret friend. Underneath the bridge. Who? Top sprung a leak. And the animals are trapped. Having a clue. Let's play a game, just me and you. Any of this mean anything to you? You're becoming quite a celebrity. Why is he writing to you? Please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eye? The hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. Alright, so first off. And this this sounds stupid, but I love the Warner Brothers logo. Just kind of like in this unfocused, like bright red as it comes yeah. in. And it's pulling into the sound of duct tape just being like. Yeah, I, I thought it was really impressive. And, and I was impressed. I, really, I was really, conf- not confused, but I, I found it interesting that it was not in focus. Right. The whole time. The color red is obviously like a big theme throughout this. Um, we even got the Jim Lee art for for Matt Reeves, Batman. Uh, Jim Lee, you know, famous sure. DC artist and stuff. He drew uh, this version of the Batman. And it, it's, it's a black pencil drawing with a red background. So um, it seems like red is kind of just like a theme, but I think red has a, has a, has a, an, another meaning here in Batman's rage. We'll get into that a little bit more, but it seems like there is, there, there's more under, under the surface, you know, more, more brewing under Batman's surface than just, you know, his fight for, for vengeance and justice and stuff like that. It's far more, I, I think less, justice and more vengeance at this point in time yes. <laughs> for for batman this is year we'll two yeah yeah so he's still very young year two very young very angry you know still uh he, and, he hasn't and quite self-made. settled into the and room. probably you know obviously alfred's probably the still the only confidant of his um you hear some over you know voiceover work you become um, in, you've in the end yeah, of the trailer. You become quite famous uh, sure. towards the middle of the trailer. Sure. That's Andy Serkis's voice as yeah. as uh, as Alfred there. But this trailer is starting off with uh, what looks like I'm going to assume it's a rich person because it seems like a big kind of like a big room in a big house with a big leather chair and a man in a business suit and his face is all taped up and it says no more lies written on his face. We then get a glimpse of the man who is taping him up and he has glasses on which automatically makes me think it's paul dano but his face is duct taped up as well um and he's in a trench coat now very scary right this first had me thinking that like this is the riddler and the reason that his face is duct taped up is because we couldn't in this in in the type of style that matt reeves has given us we couldn't have um the riddler in you know obviously any type of green spandex with question marks on it was that over the top i can never tell (laughs) or even like a green suit with question marks on it because it looks like he'd be trying to give you money for free you remember those commercials it's free Um, and, and he couldn't have have the Boulder Derby with the question mark on it either because that just all too, wouldn't work in this just world. Yeah. So my theory is that this is the Riddler, and if you watched the recent Batman animated Hush, which I did a review for probably about you know half a year ago, um, in that 
they changed the story. Instead of Hush being Tommy Elliot, in that version, Hush actually turned out to be the Riddler. Now, Hush obviously wears bandages on his face, medical tape. And I think that's kind of more what they're going for here. It's a very dark Riddler. Um, we oh, also yeah. get a riddle in this, and we'll, we'll, do, we'll go through that in a second. But the next scene we get is Jim Gordon kind of like addressing the camera, it looks like. And then we start slowly walking into the room past FBI agents, GCPD. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I take away from this as as Batman is following Jim Gordon into this crime scene that Jim Gordon has invited him into is none of them look afraid. None of them look shocked or anything like that. They're all just puzzled. They're all just like, why? Well, they still don't understand him yet. They don't trust him. They don't know what to make of it. Um, it's very peculiar. Right. Uh, they don't you know, know like, if he's a threat. They don't know if he's on his side. They just don't really know what to make of him yet. Well, know? he's a vigilante, and, and and no cop should really look at a vigilante as anything to, to look up to. But Jim Gordon begins sharing evidence with him, and he shows him a letter that is addressed to to the Batman and uh, it's pretty clear that that the Batman that that the Riddler is ready to play his game with Batman and I I use those words extremely purposefully um, because Jigsaw always said you know would you like to play a game and it seems like they're having a very Jigsaw version of the Riddler, a very dark version, very murderous version, not someone who just enjoys leaving clues to his crimes for Batman to find, someone who likes to to torture people for not being smart enough to understand what he's trying to to teach them. You know what I mean? And it seems like he is obviously very stuck on this on this matter of lies because we get his voiceover throughout it. But someone did decipher this Riddler, it, this riddle. It is written in, in symbols, uh, but they figured out what it says. And it, the, the question is, what does a liar do when he's dead? The answer to the riddle, the answer on the cipher is he lies still. So continuing with this theme of lies from I like it. I do. the Riddler. Yeah. And he even has written across the, the newspaper's lies. And we can see some of the headlines like Don's done it again. And I think that that, that Don that they're discussing is Totoro's character of Roman Falcone, who is a mafia Don. So mm-hmm. I was I was thinking that is is a possibility for that headline. Yeah, I think he's going to go through some phases. Like he's going to go through like a lies phase. You're going to see some things with the lies, and all of a sudden it's going to move to something else, then something else throughout the movie um, until obviously the conclusion. But um, yeah, I, I really think it's 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 it seems to have a really good sadistic but yet smart enough, but not too, too smart <laughs> uh, approach so far from the from the dialogue that we've gotten so far. I like. Right. We also get the scene where it looks like Bruce Wayne's kind of like standing in a crowd and a man comes up and, he, and, and there's something glowing in his hand and on the man's chest it says, to the Batman. What I think is glowing in his hand is a cell phone and... That man's receiving a phone call from the Riddler. It looks like he has kind of like a bomb strapped around his neck. And right. if Batman doesn't answer, he's going to blow this man up. <laughs> um, and, and this man is actually the Riddle. We also see a picture of like someone else like in that foreground. So it's possibly a funeral. There's a lot of flowers around as well. Uh, so it looks like a car literally crashed through a funeral. And this man gets out and he's holding a cell phone, which is, again, duct taped to him. And the Batman has to answer. But what's interesting is Robert Pattinson is not in the Batman gear. So will he answer the phone as Bruce Wayne and let the Riddler know that he is Batman? Because we do get the scene towards the end where it seems like maybe the Riddler is talking to Batman through the Bat computer which may mean that the Riddler may have already figured out who he is, which is will be an interesting take on the character. Yes, and I, but same time, as the Riddler, you can kind of see him, you know, maybe not, so, well, probably more so than the Joker would want to preserve and keep his privacy, you know? 
he doesn't need or want to, you know, out Bruce Wayne or the, or the Batman. He's certainly not going to tell anyone He'll else. He'll have fun with it himself, selfishly, but he's not going to out it just because. The Joker might, out of the blue, for whatever reason, because he's the Joker, you know, and he's just kind of stirring the pot. But the Riddler, I think, is so smart where he would have fun with fucking with Bruce Wayne's life and Batman's life. Sure. And sure. and different kind of ways. Obviously, everything we're talking about is speculation based on just the of images course, we're seeing course. in this two-minute trailer. But we also get the image of, what do you think of Colin Farrell and the makeup, man? Like, next level. Unbelievable. Right? Doesn't Unbelievable. fucking look. Unbelievable. I had to freeze frame it and tell my wife, that's Colin Farrell. And she's like, it's, no, it's not. And I'm like, it's in the eyes. It's there. It's, y- it's in the yes, eyebrows. It's not the eyebrows it's just in the eyes somehow somehow from different angles like the side approach when he's doing that speech that's the only time that's the only look that i can see um a little bit of colin farrell there i don't know what it is (laughs) oh that's not that's not him that that that's that that's the that's the police commissioner that's not colin farrell colin farrell is later on he's the guy with the dark hair and the the very pointed nose that's standing in the rain um and then you later guy oh okay no i thought you were talking about the guy with the same guy no, I thought you were talking about the guy with the beard and the and the uh, horn framed glasses that's giving like some sort of speech to uh, in front of town hall, and you could see Jim Gordon oh. standing behind him. Now right. that, that's that's the police commissioner because he's not he's not Captain Gordon, he's not uh, Commissioner Gordon right now. He's Captain Gordon, but yeah, Commissioner see, Pete Savage is right. Alex Ferns playing. There him. you go. So yeah, no, but we do see we do see Colin Farrell's penguin here. We also get a scene later on where he's being chased, and it's possibly by the batman and then next we get to see catwoman who looks like she's breaking into a safe uh and she obviously will be thwarted selena kyle let's say i mean it definitely seems like she's a pre-catwoman but still acting like catwoman (laughs) right right in a lot of ways but she's got the ski mask on she looks great though i like the way she looks there 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 are cat ears on that on that ski mask just the way it fits her head you know it kind of like puts up cat ears but i really did like that because the the way they show it is like it's it's her and batman going to for tack going back and forth so she's kind of like his equal at this point two years into his career now the one scene that i find really really interesting is commissioner gordon grabbing batman and throwing him up against the bars in a prison yes that scene i still don't really understand i i'm not exactly sure what they were doing uh showing that in the trailer um it was a little confusing I've, I've seen this trailer probably five times now, maybe, yeah. and I still don't quite understand that one. I think um, what it is, is he invited Batman into the investigation. Batman may not have let him in on some information, or Batman may have gone too far at some point. Yeah. And Commissioner Gordon, you know, takes him to task for it. We also get the scene with all these, I don't know how you put it just goons i guess standing around all their faces painted i heard yeah, a lot of people saying that's like, like the joker kind of right a lot of people are like oh it's henchmen's. clown makeup yeah but it's it's not i mean you got one guy whose face is kind of painted up like a skull you got another guy that has like an extended smile but it's black you have another guy whose face is painted half black so with like a little bit of two face and stuff like that but i don't think it's necessarily i think those are just images that are that are familiar to batman fans um but they're not quite there yet so mm-hmm. we're not quite to those villains or, or who they are yet because it's still very early on in Batman's career. But what I find is like this guy, I guess he goes to swing a pipe at Batman and Batman catches him, hits him. And I think I counted 13 to 14 times <laughs> and he breaks his arm. Stop! He's already dead. And then when I ask him who he's supposed to be, his response is vengeance. And it, I first off, I love the Robert Pattinson Batman voice. It's it's not quite Christian Bale's. It's not as modulated as as Batflex. It's no, nah, not at it's all. It's more in the so middle. It's, and it's, it's it's not modulated at all. I think it's just his. Yeah, he's got that voice, and I know I, I know Robert as an actor really does. Um, 
appreciate and is fascinated with dialect and the sound of voice and, and with, within characters. So um, I think it's pitch perfect. I mean, it sounded fantastic when I heard Some it. Some people don't like the line, uh, I'm vengeance. Some people have said that it's it's very much like uh, too cartoony, like too much like oh, Batman no, the Animated Series. I liked it. No, I liked, I liked it. it. I mean, it'd be different if he looks at the camera and he says like, I'm vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And I'd be yeah. like, all right. It's gone a little too far. And it was a lot more badass than saying I'm Batman, right? Right. I mean, but he beats the ever-loving fucking shit out of this dude. And that's the cool thing about it, because it was such a simple, like, it's a, it's a medium shot. It's uh, one take, doesn't change, yeah. doesn't move, and he just pounces on him. Like, yeah. eight punches in a row, quickly, uh, savagely, like, really scrappy kind of style. And he, you can just tell he's young and he's got this energy and he's got this anger. It lets you know who this Batman is. Where, yes. like, the Batman yes. who's who's 35 years old to 40 years old would hit this dude twice. He'd hit, a, you know, he'd hit him, this dude would hit the ground, and he'd move on and fight the, ne- the rest of the dudes. But the younger Batman does it differently. He pounds the shit out of this one dude, and the other dudes probably run away. <laughs> They probably don't step up after that. Yeah, as soon um, as he stands up at the right. end of the trailer. <laughs> but it, it just shows his anger and it shows where this Batman's headspace is at. He's not quite the you know, the greatest detective yet. He's not quite like the 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 wise Batman, the smart Batman, the one who who steps into a room, he's the smartest one. He's just the one with the most gall. He's the one with the most tenacity. He's the one with the most ferocity and rage. And that's that's who this Batman is. He's not quite the Batman that we've come to know over the years. He's he, he's he's come he's come a long way from where this Batman is here, who is just beating the ever loving fucking shit out of criminals <laughs> yeah um and i love it i love it it's brutal Me too. it's Me brutal too. It, it fits like these red tones and it fits like it, it fits this darker tone of villains that we're getting i you know I, I i love it all i'm very much looking forward to this to this war of 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 mentality between batman and and the riddler and it seems like the riddler might have some information since it seems like he's taking down people of power within Gotham, it's very possible that he has some dirt on the Waynes as well, hmm. um, which might be what's, what's bringing them to blows, which, 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 which is what's causing the rage. Cause you can't talk bad about Batman's mommy and daddy, you know, it, it, it's going to set them into a tizzy and he unloaded on that dude. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> because of it, a fucking temper tantrum, but it works. It works. It's, it seems like it's very visceral. It seems like it's going to be very real, obviously very grounded like the, like the Nolan stuff was, but I feel like this is even more grounded. Like if, Oh, if, it is. It's, it's, if it's Nolan's, perfect. So if Christopher Nolan's version was, was grounded and realistic and that you took that on spinal taps amp and you amped it to 10, then Matt Reeves version of Batman is grounded grounded and realistic and you've taken your spinal tap amp and you've amped it to 11 now it's far more grounded it seems mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. than before i love the way that batmobile looks i love when it fires up here i love i love the motorcycle super and a lot cool of, and a nice nod to the 89 batman mobile you know it is it is and a lot of people were i, I saw some comments where it's like i feel i feel like these comments come from people who aren't who aren't movie fans who don't know that Robert Pattinson has an entire film catalog outside sure. of Twilight. Cause I saw people making fun of him for both being the vampire who was wore glitter and also being the Batman who wears eyeliner. And it's like, well, it's a practical purpose for that because previously, you know, we saw Michael Keaton's Batman. He's clearly wearing eyeliner underneath the cowl, but then in Batman Those Returns, people don't deserve right the time or attention to even <laughs> respond to them. Like they are so no, stupid. I don't bother, but like, you know, Ugh. Michael Keaton pulls the cow off and all of a sudden no eyeliner. Matt Reeves is like, no, I mean, he wears eyeliner. He wears eye black. He cut, he blacks it out because it would look ridiculous if you saw the whites of his eyes underneath the cow. So he, you know, he wears it. Um, and we also see, get some scenes with um, Robert Pattinson 
Batman kind of like wearing what looks like a scarf or a bandana. I think these were like leaked photos that we got. They wind up here in the trailer, but he still has the eye black on. It looks like those might be scenes where he's out there operating, not quite as Batman, but kind of like during the day, kind of like just investigating. This is going to be much more of a detective story. So he's going to be, and again, this he's still very early on. So some like that one full clear shot in the, um, with, with the policeman, you know, that was a full-fledged Batman costume. You know, I think that's going to be more towards the middle, later part, perhaps, let's, of let's the Let's get movie. into that, because this is the clearest image we've gotten of oh, it. Oh, it's clear. It's nice and clear. Yeah. Do you like it? Do you like it more now than the teaser that you got? It's it's not... Okay. I still do. It's not as raw as I thought it was going to be. This The mm-hmm. teaser looked to be much more raw. Like right. it, it looked, I felt it like it was like... stitching, like he stitched yes, it together much himself, more leathery, like, like kind of like more like a Daredevil type-esque kind of thing where you could just... You could, right. You know, you're going to see him pull the mask That's on and off. That's what it looked like to me when, when um, there was a moment where he was like kind of like his head was kind of tilted sure, and stuff and we saw sure. like the cow kind of ends at the base of his skull and yeah. it goes into very, more of like... Very handmade. Very, very handmade. Right. But it looked a lot like Daredevil's costume um, right. in, in the Netflix Daredevil series. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm no, just saying no, it's, no. it's practical. This Batman sure. can turn his head. And it makes head. sense within the story. And and perhaps, who knows, maybe he does go through two or three different costume changes throughout the movie. No, I mean, There's I like a chance. It. There's a chance. I like the way that. it looks. I like the collar. I think it's practical if he's going to be able to turn his head by having sure. um, by you know by having fabric that, that between his yeah. between his chin and his neck, then yeah. he's going to have a collar to protect that. Yeah, um, to protect that area. So I think he's it's got practical. A, he's got a great jawline. I think it looks fantastic within the uh, the cowl, and and then also short cape. You know, the, he's, the he's got a short cape. It only goes to his ankles. Boots, so cape right. to the ankles. I think it's all practical. Right. It all makes sense. But they're just they're just black boots that you can go buy at uh-huh. the Army Navy store uh-huh. at, at the Army surplus store. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's it's they're, they're they're nothing special. Nothing about his costume is like anything special except for the chest piece. In the cow, it's kind of yeah. It's 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 tactile. It's um, it's what you would expect almost, you know, in a lot of ways. And and, and for year two Batman, <laughs> which I think explains the way like the cops and the FBI agents in that sure. in that early scene with Gordon leading him into the crime scene kind of shows where they're just kind of like drinking it in, where they're just kind of like, what the fuck is this guy up to? Like, it, sure, he's he's either going to a masquerade or he this this is the Batman that we've been hearing so much about, and he doesn't look like much. <laughs> You know, like he doesn't look like much. Yeah, but guess what? You know, we saw it when he was pounding on the dude. He's he's mo. We needed you know, that. He's quick and he's fast, and he obviously has the temperament. We to needed deliver. that for all the people who were saying that, like, I don't think Robert Pattinson can do it. He's too small. He's not big enough. He's not working out. He's not, you know, he's not he's not getting yoked. Like, I'm not sure if this is the Batman I want to see. And then they, they they throw that scene in the trailer to just be like, are you sure? Because yeah. this is what our Batman's doing. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I'm fine. In so, fact, I don't, I don't want to say anything negative about him because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get hit 13 or 14 times. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the funny thing is, too? It, it, in in the same aspect, year two Batman, would you really expect them to be Ben Affleck type jacked? No, he he would be a kid. He would be more on, a, well, on Jay, the leaner think side. Think how you know? skinny you were at the age of let's say twenty five. Jesus versus, Christ, I'm still skinny now for Christ's sake. <laughs> right, but, but what but I mean is you're you're far more built the, now the than when is, I first knew you. It takes a long time to develop size and mass like that, and and you and know. old man muscle. I mean, let's not forget what old man muscle can do. Old man muscle is just it's it's the strongest stuff on earth. If we built oh, bridges out of old man muscle, Come on. you know, we would never have a bridge collapse. <laughs> During okay. an earthquake ever. <laughs> look at Rocky's body. Come on. Give it. To- yeah, exactly. Look, look at Stallone, <laughs> you know? I mean, this, this isn't your... This isn't your HGH Batman. It, it, it is a very different type of Batman. It is a, a, a much more a much more tactile Batman. And everybody has to keep on remembering, this motherfucker is smart. He knows how to fight. Intelligence goes a long way with fighting. So if you have the armor and you have the fucking anger and you have the intelligence, that alone... Guys, you, it it's goes there. a long way. I mean, over size and muscle, whatever you want to call it. Like, you don't need that sometimes, a lot of times, to be honest. So, so. I'm sold for now. If I ever naysayed this movie at any point, uh, at least for now, this has satiated me. I am sold. I'm, I'm in. Uh, I cannot wait until 2021 when this comes out. I'm looking forward to 
to what to what Matt Reeves has to show. And um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm really happy. I'm I'm sure we won't see anything until perhaps maybe a Super Bowl spot if there is even an NFL. <laughs> I'm happy that we have a DC where like both sure. this Batman can exist, Batflex Batman can exist. And it exist, doesn't feel weird, and, right? And it doesn't feel weird. You know, Not I'm, I'm happy that we've gotten to the point in fandom where enough. yeah we are now understanding of the multi multiverse aspect that you know fans of the comic books have been dealing with for years we've all been dealing with the multiverse for a very long time we've all been aware of it and and having different versions of batman hasn't bothered us in comic books for a very long time and it's nice to see that dc is like yeah we're gonna do that in the movies now too it's fine it's fine we don't care if you're stepping on the toes of this character in one medium or in this movie because we have our version and that's our version and we can continue telling stories in that version for the people who like that for the people who like the other stuff that's there for many of us we're gonna like both and we're gonna get and we're gonna we're gonna love getting more of it uh from from different creative entities in completely different ways and it still works and and it still works on multiple levels so i'm very excited for that and um jay you got anything else uh i'm done i'm done talking about the batman i'm done i'm I'm absolutely done on dc for for, for a while I, I, I think I am too. I'm just very, very happy. I really am. I'm pleasantly su- not surprised whatsoever. I, I've been really vibing with this whole project from the get-go, and I think um, it's hitting the head. I mean, I you know, it's I, I love every single thing about this trailer, and I think, you know, with it being 20 to 25% hey. shot, I think there's nowhere where it's, you can go but up. I mean, I th- it's amazing. Speaking of head, again, this film is only 25% completed. This is just a tip. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking of head, Quite this is just a Quite the beautiful, the tip. girthy tip. It feels amazing. <laughs> it feels amazing, right. Dave. It right, does. Right, right. You know, he's only stuck it in just a little bit. I guess what? Went, Sometimes ooh, it's all ooh. you need. If you have the right tip <laughs> and you deliver it the right way, it can reach That's climax right. and, and right. it'll be very pleasurable. And it has been very pleasurable for me. And, I, and I'm happy it was pleasurable for you too, Dave. <laughs> It is. It is. Um, I'm, I'm slightly gaped and I'm ready for more. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers this time around. Uh, this is the second episode that we put out this week. So if you're only checking out our review episode and our trailer park breakdown, make sure that you head over and you check out our DC fandom breakdown that me and Jay did. Uh, that episode came out just prior to this one. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. I am also on Twitter at J underscore S. SMB, Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast, and on Instagram, Super Movie Bros. Absolutely. And if you are enjoying the content that we put out, we also have a Patreon. You can get more Super Movie Bros by heading over to patreon.com slash Super Movie Bros Podcast. And there you can get all the additional content that me and Jay put out for just $1 a month. And if you're enjoying the show, but you're not ready to support us monetarily by getting additional content through Patreon, then you can at least support us if you can find it in your heart by going to iTunes leaving us a five-star review just writing us a review any review you guys write we will read on the show so i want to thank all of you guys for listening i want to thank all of our patreons for making this episode and every episode we do possible have a great one cheers cheers cheers